What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast. This is Clark. And Bobby Jean. So glad you're here. Let's get started. Chapter 20 today. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at the parable of the workers in the vineyard. Jesus predicts his death again. Then an awkward request from the mother of the sons of Zebedee. Really embarrassing moment for those guys. <laughs> and then two blind men receiving their sight. So yeah. lots of stuff here. I think what's interesting for me is when I read the first really fourth of this chapter, it's talking about the workers in the vineyard and how people came to the vineyard at different times to begin working. One mm-hmm. worked all day, one worked half day, one worked the last hour of the day, give or take. And the owner of the vineyard pays them all the same amount of money. And people right. are complaining, going, time out. I've been here all day. And uh, the owner mm-hmm. of the vineyard is basically saying, I'm the owner of the vineyard. I have the right to pay whoever I want, how much I want. Mm. And if you want to tie this back into the life of Jesus, you think about him dying on the cross. And I think about the uh, the thieves hanging on his right and his left. And they lived a life away from God. But in their final moments, one of them decided to say, I believe in you. Right. Will you remember me when you get into your kingdom? Mm-hmm. And Jesus is like, yes, I can celebrate that. Definitely. You'll see me in paradise even today. Mm. And so... Um, I have pity on people that, that live apart from God and outside the kingdom of God while they're on earth. And I guess we shouldn't complain about when people get into heaven, you know, if they do give their life to Christ on their deathbed. And that's really what this parable is getting at. Is going, It doesn't matter, you know, if someone gives their life to Christ when they're five years old or they're 95 years old. Uh, the, the part we celebrate is that they're in heaven. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, we wish people would be in Christ longer because we believe that's better. It's beneficial. You get mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. intimacy, this this is why you're created and how you're created to relate. Mm-hmm. And so um, what, but, what, what cracks me up, though, about that verse is verse 15 specifically. Yeah. It says, don't, the owner of the vineyard says, don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I'm generous? Yeah. And it's like, I'm mad at God because he's generous. How funny is that? I know. That's actually the part that stuck out to me. And so I, it's crazy because I think that's the framework of our mentality sometimes is like we hear stories like this and we hear parables um, uh, and stories like the prodigal son. And we kind of take the mentality of that older brother or of the workers yeah. in this story yeah. where it's like, actually, um, let's take the focus off yourself for one second so i want to do that with these but it's hard with these workers in the vineyard it is so the parable is entitled the parable of the workers in the vineyard but really it should be entitled the parable of a generous god because if we take the focus off the workers and them being little whiner stinker guys <laughs> and, good name. I know it is. Minor stinker guys. Then you come to realize, oh my goodness, look at this owner that's literally going out the sixth hour, the ninth hour, the eleventh hour. And he, I mean, verse six literally says that about the eleventh hour, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, why have you been standing here all day, uh, all day long doing nothing? Verse seven, because no one has hired us, they said. And so he invites them in to go work. And so at the end, that's just what totally got me was verse uh, 15. Um, So when we reframe our thinking and take the focus off what we're getting out of it and take the focus off of us in general, um, I mean, the owner even calls them friends Mm -hmm. in verse 13, you know, so they're kind of griping and they're being stinkers. And he's saying, friends, you guys, um, you know, just like the the prodigal son too with the older brother, everything that I have is yours. 
I've been in relationship with you this whole time. You know, that's the beautiful picture of this. And now I'm being generous and inviting others in. So let's celebrate that instead of complain. And so that was just an encouragement. I feel like for me, specifically that verse 15. Um, uh, and then you, you said you want to march through and just do 20. That's yeah, kind of well, stuck out I, to you. I, think, I also think about Jonah, where Jonah gets sent to Nineveh. And, oh, yeah. And he mm-hmm. is mad at God because the Ninevites are these re- legitimately really evil and cruel people, did really heinous things. And at the end, they repent and come to God at least for a century. And Jonah's like, I knew you were a good and gracious God, <laughs> slow to anger, abounding in love. Like, how dare you, God? And how funny is that? When we're in our flesh, we want God to take our side mm-hmm, and just mm-hmm. sons of thunder strike people down. And God's mm-hmm. heart is revealed in this passage as really gentle, really patient, really kind. And so that's just a helpful reminder. But yeah, looking ahead at the next couple of verses, Jesus predicts his death. And then uh, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, their mama comes walking up on the scene <laughs> and makes a request before all their friends. And she's basically like, Jesus, will you let my boys sit at your right and your left? <laughs> and I'm sure those guys got made fun of and probably still get made fun of this day in heaven. <laughs> no. Hey, John, remember that time your mom walked up and was trying to get you to get the best seat? And uh, anyways, I just thought that's funny that these guys, again, include these kind of passages in these stories because Jesus uses it as a vital teaching point, but... How embarrassing. They were well loved. Okay, that's what I'm going to say. They were well loved by their mom. That's one way to put it. (laughs) Whatever. That's one way to put it. Do you have any embarrassing stories of your parents? Oh, let me think. I'm sure that I do. You, I felt like you, are you asking because you have one? No, I was just curious. I'm trying to think. Mm. I feel like my parents, I don't feel like I have anything crazy that I can remember. I think my mom's very always has our back, and so if someone mistreated one of us kids, she mama bear came out quick to protect us, and that's a good thing. But sometimes you're like, oh, whoa, I didn't know that was in my sweet little mom. She, <laughs> that's funny. She's fierce. Anyways, I was just curious. We can no, keep going. Yeah, I'll if it comes to mind, I'll bring it up. Okay. <laughs> right. But then the last part of it, really talking about the first and the last and the least and the greatest. Jesus uses this as a teaching point, and he says, he reframes mm-hmm. it again, because again, the other day we talked about the goat debate, greatest of all time, and here he's basically mm-hmm. saying, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord over them, their high officials exercise authority over them, not so with you. Mm-hmm. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to ser- to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. And just a, that's a challenging verse for us, just to re- reframe what's what's uh, important, what's popular, what's great, mm-hmm. what's cool. Um, and Jesus is saying, giving your life, spilling your time, your energy for the well-being of other people. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm about. That's the MO of my kingdom. Mm-hmm. Well, so I that was my other takeaway, too, from... Um, from chapter 20. Sorry, I'm blowing your guys' ear sockets off because I'm talking really loud. <laughs> um, and it was specifically that chunk that Clark just read. And what came to mind actually is, so right before that in verse 24, it says that Jesus um, gathered the 10 of them together. So yeah, when the 10 heard about this, they were indignant because they heard about, you know, these two brothers um, and their mom, <laughs> Jesus called them all together and said, you know, and then, and then the passage continues. And what this reminded me of was actually, um, uh, just a gentle teaching moment that Jesus is having with his disciples saying, you've seen other rulers, um, 
lord their control and their power over other people. And then verse 26, not so with you. And he's saying just in a very um, teachable, easy, what what's the word? I'm not sure what the word I'm trying to get to here, but um, essentially he's speaking their identity into them where he's saying, you've seen other people rule like this. That's not going to be you. Not so with you. And then he continues to teach them as he lives, you know, going to the cross, like it says at the end, just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life. And so it's this really beautiful picture. I just see them kind of like, you know, gathering around each other and Jesus teaching them and saying, you know, it's, it's not what you think it's about. And what came to my mind actually was sometimes, oh, Winnie has something to say today. Is sometimes with our kids, that will be the case when we have, um, a, you know, an opportunity of grace or a teaching moment or a discipline moment where, um, you know, we'll ask them to come on over. You know, what happened? Tell us what happened. Oh, well, there was a, you know, oh, Quinn's right here. She's doing a teachable moment. <laughs> Um, tell us what happened. And, and often, you know, we already know what has happened. Um, you know, and somebody has, has, has told a lie. Okay. So let's, let's sit down let's talk about it and let's ask for forgiveness, but then let us speak into you. You know, we're not going to do that because that's not who you are. You're actually kind and you're actually really considerate and you're very honest because that's, um, what Jesus in you is that's who he made you to be in your heart when Holy Spirit's in your heart. And so anyway, it just really, reminded me of those moments how, you know, Jesus could have just come down and said, what are you guys doing? You know, don't bring your mom into this. And then also it's not even about that at all, but instead he gathers them together and it becomes this really, um, a really beautiful moment. I think maybe that's just how I'm framing it in my head for him to, to correct and teach and, and give grace. Yeah, he definitely did that. I'd still make fun of James and John though. Um, but I think that's all we got for you guys today. So um, kind of looking back over Matthew 20, um, where, where do we need to celebrate God's work, God's graciousness, God given second, third, fourth chances, and maybe people giving their life to Christ last second, people that we once considered enemies that, um, are now following Jesus. Uh, you know, secondly, looking at that first and last, least and greatest, and where's their teaching moment here? And, uh, yeah, God's good. We're praying for you to have a great weekend. Um, praying for our country right now in the midst of the election. Everything's up in the air. And um, I tried just for my own heart's sake not to check in on it all that often, a couple times a day, if that. And it seems like it's going to be a while till we find out what's really going on and who's winning which states. And so I'm just praying peace for you and for our country, for order, for honesty. And that, you know, I say this on the sermon on Sunday, but I want to tell it to you right now. God created you to exist and to live at this point in history for a reason. And um, I think about, you know, Queen Esther being elected to be the queen. And for such a time as this, she stepped in. And I believe that is true for all of us, um, all of our life. Like God made you with a great purpose and intentionality, put you in the family, the community, uh, put you right where you're at and right where you need to be. So I pray our heart would be more of God. How can I represent you and your kingdom right now? In the midst of all the emotions, in the midst of all the fear, in the midst of all the different things, uh, God, we pray that your reign and rule would be made very apparent in my life, in my heart, in my thoughts, in our world. And so I'm praying that for you today, all right? God bless you, and uh, have a great weekend. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his countenance towards you and give you his peace. Have a great day.